Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See the ways that you could save Daniel, Field, Stefania, and Liz Loza <laughs> in-house. Liz, our special guest. Obviously, that's the only thing out of place here today. Really excited to be able to have you in studio, Liz. Thank you, Daniel. Feels wonderful having been here all day. Yeah, it's it has been a very long day, and you understand now. Like, come in and do fantasy football now in the morning. Then we're here in the war room. You actually stayed here the entire day. I went home to see my family, but... It's a very yeah. long day here on Sunday's field. It sure is. And, you know, unfortunately, we have a lot of injuries that we have to get into today. It's wonderful to have Liz, but I wanted to ask to find you because now we know that the 49ers are not down one, but two starting quarterbacks today. What do you make of that, Stefania? She's literally speechless. Yeah, it's right. tough. It's I mean, it's be, a yeah. tough day right now. I, I think verklempt is the word I would use to verklempt. describe Stefania right now. Yeah, so uh, no more seriously. Stefania, we think, we think... <laughs> is on a wine tour somewhere. It's probably okay, right? Yeah, yeah. We, Punta Cana was uh, where people <laughs> yes. were whispering about in the war room. We haven't con, uh, confirmed whether or not... Neither confirmed. Not yeah. confirmed, but it but. could be Punta Cana. Other one was... There was talk of maybe... I don't know specifically where it is, but exactly the hotel where they filmed the second season of White Lotus is where oh. Stefania oh, might also be. Somewhere great. in Italy. So yes. Those are the two okay. leading candidates of where Stefania is right now. Ideally, she will be back tomorrow. Rumor has it she's going to borrow some of Dan Graziano's frequent flyer miles in order ah, to get back in yes. time for okay, the good. show tomorrow. Yes. So, But let us talk about some injuries just to monitor for week 13 here, Field, just a little bit. Just yeah, a lot. Now, unfortunately, the story of week 13 was injuries. <laughs> a and lot so of We injuries. have a lot. We have some that we have information on. We have some we don't have that much information on. We have some that are really fantasy relevant, some that are probably Probably not quite as fantasy relevant, but let's start with Lamar Jackson because Lamar leaves this game early for the Ravens. It's a knee injury. After the game, head coach John Harbaugh categorized it as probably days to weeks, not season ending. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means for the Ravens. I don't exactly know what that means for, for Lamar Jackson. Does that mean like two weeks? Does it mean three? Does it mean four? I mean, we only have five weeks left in the regular season. Right. That being said, the Ravens are now eight and four after uh, somehow they won that game win 10-9 over the uh, Denver Broncos. Here's the problem is that we already have so few good quarterback options this season. We have had a couple of guys who have, have certainly risen up the ranks, none more so than Justin Fields, who was awesome again today. We'll talk about him. But this is a bummer for Lamar Jackson because he uh, obviously is one of those few quarterbacks that even if he hasn't been great this season, we still have felt comfortable ranking him as a top 10 option yeah. week in and week out because he is Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley stepped in and... I know it's not quite as good. <laughs> and in four games last season, he had 16.2 fantasy points, but about half of that came in one of those games. So it was like one great game and three not so great. He actually looked fine to me today, to Tyler Huntley. He looked, I thought, actually serviceable. He ended up with uh, 10.1 fantasy points just with his legs. Yep. So we, he is a, you know, as far as like next man up quarterback options go, I think he's one of the better backups for fantasy purposes in the NFL. Totally. And I think when you look at him because of that high floor, right, with his legs, maybe at least a streaming option if you did roster, you know, Lamar Jackson or next week is tough. Next I week, mean, the bye weeks are like, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks on, on waivers right now. And from, the Ravens are at Pittsburgh and TJ Watt is back. And if you're going to beat Pittsburgh, you better put yeah. that ball in the air. Not and on the ground. I think it's important to note that, like, as far as the Ravens pass catchers go, like, none of them have been useful in fantasy nope. other than Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. And if you go back and look at it, Mark Andrews' production really isn't that dissimilar with 
Tyler Huntley as his quarterback as opposed to Lamar Jackson. Another serviceable day for Mark Andrews. Certainly hasn't been nearly the player maybe we expected him to be, especially after that gangbuster start to the season. But Mark Andrews still number two amongst all tight ends behind Travis Kelsey, who, um, you know, Kelsey had like a down game by his own standards today. And I think probably still is like a top five tight end yep. for, the day, for the week because that's what Travis Kelsey that's does. That's what Travis Kelsey does. Yeah. Exactly. All right, let's talk about another quarterback injury, unfortunately. And this one is real with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. unfortunately, getting hurt field. And then they, the 49ers played the entire game with Mr. Irrelevant yeah. from this year's draft. Very relevant for the rest of the way will be Brock Purdy, the new starting quarterback, seventh round pick out of Iowa State, literally the last player taken in this year's draft, Liz. And Jimmy Garoppolo, not the people who are starting Jimmy G, but obviously it means something for all those pass catchers in this offense. And I got to be honest with you. Super impressed with Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah. If I have Debo Samuel or or, or, or George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk, I'm not I, like, I don't think we've gotten to a point where all of a sudden the offense is going to be unable to move the football. I thought he really showed well today. I think a couple of things. First of all, Kyle Shanahan runs a pretty quarterback friendly offense, right? We also know that there are a ton of pass, ca- pass catching weapons at Purdy's avail and if there was one offensive player that Mike McDaniel did not have, uh, was not familiar with or did not prepare for, it uh, was probably Purdy. So there yeah. is an opportunity for adjustment, particularly because there is now quite a bit of tape. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would say, but as somebody who has Debo Samuel, I'm sure we all do, but as anybody who has Debo Samuel, like I don't, th- I don't think that there are other situations where we have seen a backup quarterback come in and you're like, oh, crap. Boy. Yep. Right. Like this oh, might like Trevor mean- Simeon or Nathan Peterman. Examples. One of those right. Examples. Oh, you know, yeah. And there, yeah, great. right. Like, and like, or Andy Dalton is going to say there even. have been examples where Dalton's been fine, but you know, like there, whether it's, you know, Cooper Rush was serviceable for the Cowboys, Sam but the Allinger. offense obviously is much better. And Sam Allinger. Oh my God. Like, I don't think huh. it's a, that's a, that's the one Daniel. This is not Sam Ellinger taking yep. over, which is good news. Uh, this is a player who maybe it's because of the offensive system. Maybe it's because of the player. Maybe it's a bit of both. I thought that he did enough to feel like the hopes for this 49ers offense going forward should still be pretty optimistic. Kittle will still be a top five or eight tight end every week. Debo probably still a top 10 or 12 wide receiver. And then CMC, well, <clears throat> he could be very busy going forward because yeah. and he was awesome today with CMC. I know he had the game, the triple play game with the throwing, receiving and rushing touchdown. That was his best game as a 49er. This one, not that far off. Yeah, I think when you look at this offense, everything that you're saying field, there's going to have to be a slight downtick just because he's going to have to get used to the offense. He's got to learn everybody. But I still feel very confident if I have any of these 49ers, I'm still using them. And I'm not really that worried going forward. I- I'm glad you said the same Ellinger thing, though. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just say maybe I'm a touch less optimistic about Brandon Ayuk maintaining his value That's because he and Garoppolo certainly did have rapport and chemistry. And you yeah. saw him take a little dip, a little bit of a dip today. Yep. Yep. All right. Trevor Lawrence also left uh, the Detroit Lions game a yeah. little early today, Ugh. returned as well. And so it doesn't look as though there's anything serious sort of got rolled up on while he was getting sacked. Something that we will monitor just to make sure nothing progresses throughout the week. Yeah. Like with Josh Jacobs, he has that monster week last week. And then all of a sudden you find out the next couple of days he hurts and he didn't matter. He still had He's a monster awesome. day today, but still sometimes players feel great during the game. They feel less great a day or so after He actually didn't miss a snap. It happened late in the first half. They didn't get the ball to start the second half. So Trevor Lawrence seems to be okay, but we'll keep an eye out on this one. At some point, though, this week, Lions fans, and there are a lot of you out there listening, I hope, we'll talk about how your defense, friskier than people give them credit for over the past five or so weeks, as the Lions are just playing awesome football. Really happy for you, Daniel. I know you talk about them all the time, but uh, we'll talk about them a little bit in the show. That's for sure. Yes, they are. All right, let's talk about Kenneth Walker. Unfortunately, also left this game early. And 
Listen, the Seahawks looked fantastic, but Ken Walker leaving this game just really hurts. And they basically finished with almost nobody at the running back. This position. was a crazy sequence. Yeah. So there was a point where Kenneth Walker, the third gets ruled out because of an ankle injury. In the same tweet, Seahawks PR also noted that DJ Dallas had a foot injury. He was doubtful to return. Like 90 seconds later, Tony Jones Jr., the only running back still healthy and available for the Seahawks, takes an absolutely massive hit that draws a penalty flag. He leaves the game, goes right to the blue medical tent, and the next play, DJ, DJ Dallas, Dallas is back on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And he finished the game out like... So much credit to you, DJ Dallas, for absolutely gutting it out when you had a foot injury that definitely was a problem. You were doubtful to return, but all of a sudden this backfield is very thin, Liz. And as we go into waivers this week, how do you have any idea who to grab from the Seahawks backfield? I mean, I don't think you have any idea right now. I yeah. think you're going to have to read the notes and read the updates and see who's healthy. And we just talked about Trevor Lawrence maybe tweaking something, maybe something the adrenaline wears off. I imagine that the adrenaline might wear off for DJ Dallas and he might be a little bit more sore on Monday. And so you're just going to have to keep tabs on it. Yeah, that's something we'll have to continue to monitor what the Seahawks do with this running back situation. They get the Carolina Panthers here next week. So oh. something to be able to something to be able to watch. Yeah, uh, we'll keep certainly Tuesday will be a very busy day. For very the busy day. We'll see whether is, is DJ Dallas actually going to miss time because, again, he was doubtful to return. Right. Yeah. Is Kenneth Walker going to be out for a week, a two Five, zero. We'll find zero. out and we'll give you the update there. Hopefully, can we speak zero into, into existence? Yeah. Let's uh, say zero. But early names to know. Travis, Travis Homer, certainly a name to keep in mind. DJ Dallas, a name to keep in mind. And maybe Tony Jones Jr. is he also available. He did. Tony Jones is a good, powerful north-south runner. All right, let's talk about Jalen Waddle really quickly, Field, because he left this game for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the Leg same injury. Point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How did serious? Have a good day. Uh, well, he returned, but seemed like he was still bothered by this leg injury. So again, another one that I put in the same category that... Finished the game, seems to have escaped major injury. But if Mike McDaniel takes the podium tomorrow and says, Hey, we'll see on Jalen Waddle this week, he's going to be limited or maybe even sit into practice a couple of days, wouldn't stun me. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. All right. Let's talk one more wide receiver here before we can move on and talk some of the fun stuff. Not that injuries. Well, well, no, there's nothing fun about fun. There's never all, yeah. about. Yeah. This, Burks, stinks. Yeah. this part was fun, though. Like, Traylon Burks got in the end zone, 25-yard touchdown, really pumped for him to be able to get his first touchdown. Unfortunately, also kind of took a huge shot on that play. Not kind of, definitely was concussed, had to leave the game. I mean, I really feel bad for Burks. He has flashed and then had to deal with the turf toe issue, comes back from that, flashed again, was on tons of waiver wire lists this week, and then gets concussed in this game. It stinks. Yeah, it does. And, He's uh, not it, getting the it, reps, it, by the way. Massive, the other. I mean, crazy hit. Yeah. For him to hold on to that catch while getting Incredible. crunched. Unbelievable. Incredible play. Stefania has pointed this out recently. The average return to play for concussions has been around nine days. So do the math. That gets us through week 14. It could be that Traylon Burks is out for week 15. The Titans got stomped today. They really, I mean, unless they can run the football, they have a hard time putting up points. Uh, not having Traylon Burks only makes that more difficult. So we'll see whether he's available in week 14. Certainly feels like you should be preparing to not have him in your lineup if you did add him this week. It does kind of feel weird to say unless they can run the football since they have Derrick Henry, but they've really struggled actually running the football lately, which has not been great for the Titans. All right, we're going to talk about some more fun storylines here in week 13. The actual first, fun. Yeah, the actual fun. Liz, why don't you pay some bills for us? I would happily do that. Geico asks... How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, an add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an 
easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Geico. Oh, I was going to say Geico again as my phone's oh, going off. No. I, I, turned oh. I opened up the ESPN app and that it's happens. so good the video started to play. If you're hiring, you know the struggle. Quickly finding the best candidates for your team can seem like an impossible task. ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find exactly who you're looking for. They're like a talent scout for your team, bringing you the candidates who best fit your needs. With ZipRecruiter, finding the perfect match is simple. ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find the right person for the job. Let ZipRecruiter narrow down your search. Their powerful matching technology finds the right candidates for you. Filter, review, and rate all candidates. All from one easy-to-use dashboard. In fact, four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFF. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFF. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's talk about these New York Jets. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what. Mike White has completely brought these Jets fantasy values back to life. And we all just want to say, Mike White, thank you. Thank you for for the running backs, for Garrett Wilson, for everything just across the board. Liz, you talked about him as potentially a streamer this week. And even though they technically lost to the Vikings, it was a second week in a row in which you could have used Mike White in fantasy. The legend continues. Also, here's something I learned about Mike White. You may not refer to him unless you use both his first and last name. Yes, right. And use the phrase, let's go, to precede that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Mike White, let's go. All right. Or let's go, Mike White. No Scrooge vibes. Uh, You have to lean into all that is merry and bright with Mike White, especially when he passes for over 300 yards in back-to-back weeks. The Bears are a generous matchup. The Vikings, also not a shutdown unit, but he did manage to like keep this game pretty close. Red zone efficiency, certainly an issue. But if you're looking forward and Lamar Jackson isn't available and Jimmy Garoppolo isn't available and Tom Brady has a tough matchup against the 49ers, all of a sudden, admittedly, the Jets will travel to Buffalo and that's not an easy matchup. But I do think heading into the playoffs and noting how injured and up and down and wonky the quarterback position has been, Maybe you stash Mike White. Yeah, and certainly as you look ahead of the schedule beyond Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, three matchups that even with Detroit playing better of late, none of those is facing a dominant defense. And the fearlessness certainly stands out. Uh, just the ability to do the easy stuff easily. Yep. And they've got really good playmakers. Uh, he's Let got them Garrett get the Wilson. Ball. By the way, they threw the ball 57 times today. You would yep. have never guessed that for Mike White. 369 passing yards, QB5 on the week. And Garrett Wilson, as you mentioned, Daniel, 15 targets, 162 yards, 8 catches, 24.2 fantasy points. All of that really matters for this offense. He's been tremendous. And early today, Daniel, Robert Sala did his customary before the game rounds with various reporters. And he said, hot hand, we're going to go with committee. Not so fast, my friend. Bam Knight looks like the real deal (laughs) for this Jets backfield. Absolutely, and he's being involved in all facets of this game, both catching passes as well as being the guy that is toting the rock. He looked at his snap count, 46 to 28 over Ty Johnson. He had 15 of the 20 carries, like I said, and involved in the passing game. This week, 16.8 fantasy points, two straight weeks. Without Michael Carter, he, again, just like Mike White, a very usable piece in this Jets offense if you need a running back in these upcoming weeks. 100% agree. And just a cool story. Again, this is why running back is the most fungible position in sports right now. Because Bam Knight, an undrafted free agent, is all of a sudden playing good ball for the Jets. If Michael Carter is out next week, I'll have Bam Knight as a top 25 running back play. All right, let's talk about the Packers and Bears. Liz Loza okay. is here, so we got to talk <laughs> yeah. about the Bears game a little no, bit. No, it's okay. You can, be, you can be optimistic, Liz, and I have a reason for this, because 
The Bears want to win. Every team wants to win, of course. But the most important thing that the Bears could figure out this year was whether or not Justin Fields was the real deal. I agree with that. Losing, not covering, not just losing, but also not covering uh, versus the Vikings. I'm versus the Packers. See, I don't even want to think it. Versus the Packers is stings a little bit more. It was nice to see Justin Fields go out there and be that dude, right? Lewis Riddick on FF Now is talking about how painful a a shoulder separation is. He convinced me to sit him in a couple of leagues. Now I did okay because I had Joe Burrow, but it (laughs) worked out for me. But it was wonderful, not just to see Justin Fields play well or produce or have a nice stat line, but to see him be confident, to see him command this offense, to see him get pieces like Cole Komet involved. Mm, Now this is looking like a more well-rounded unit. Yep. Yep. Here's the bottom line. In a day in which Justin Fields gets you six fantasy points as a thrower, he still manages 19.3 for the day, which I believe is quarterback three going into Sunday night football. Yep. So with four quarterbacks left to play, Tom Brady and Andy Dalton and Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott. You feel pretty good about the chances of Justin Fields Mm -hmm. being at least a top five quarterback this week and maybe even a top three quarterback. He has become, when, when when his breakout first occurred, I remember we talked about it and I said, hey, what I, what we hoped for was, can this be Jalen Hurts of last year? Mm Mm-hmm where even if the passing isn't great, the rushing is just so astronomical that you're going to have a top 10 fantasy quarterback option. I think it's better right now. I'd have to look at the points per game where Justin Fields is since he took over as the starter, but Jalen was at like right around 20.5 fantasy points last year. Justin Fields has been off the charts good, out of control. It's just ridiculous. Jalen Hurts was also playing with that ankle injury down the stretch. Sure, and Justin so, played with a shoulder injury, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like you can sort of make the case both ways, right? I'm just sort of like, the bottom line is that he is in that same breath as where Jalen Hurts was last year, which bows incredibly well for what it might look like next season. Have I told you lately that the Bears have $100 million in cash? Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, though. Love Justin Fields. We all do. Oh, it's the Lions fan coming out. No, it's not. Okay. Next two weeks are just tough for fantasy managers because yeah. they get a bye here next week. That's and then, tough, yeah. And then they get the Bills the week after that. Uh, you know, sorry, no, no, Philly first. Sorry, Philly after Philly that. You're right, Daniel. The schedule does make things a little bit hairier, but the You're secret sauce, it's, it's the running, right? It's yeah. that regardless of who they play, when he's ripping off a 54-yard touch, 56-yard touchdown rush in the first quarter. That's unreal. He's almost as ridiculous as Christian Watson right now, Daniel. Dude. So Christian Watson here, 46-yard touchdown run, okay? Yeah. Plus three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown good enough for 24.4 fantasy points. This is four straight games over 20 fantasy points field. Yeah, he's breaking the mold. Like, when we were doing our preview show on Friday, when we had lineup locks for this game, we did not have Christian Watson. And then we brought him up, and I said, I don't care if he's a lineup lock or not. Nobody who plays fantasy football is benching Christian Watson right now. He's been so completely absurd for the past three games that you fear being the idiot who doesn't play Christian Watson, and then he goes off for another touchdown or two or even three, and he did it again. What makes Christian Watson special is the speed. He has got rare speed. This is exactly why the Packers used a premium second-round pick out of him or on him out of North Dakota State. It's going to catch up to him at some point, I am sure. But they have a bye this week, and when he comes back against the Rams, I can guarantee you that if you've been riding this, you are going to play Christian Watson that week. So I, I don't care. He's breaking models. I don't care. He is. I do want to say this, because I've been, and I know that Fields, you've, also, you've heard this as well. It's, it's tough not to get some Amon Ross St. Brown 
late in the season vibes, and I just want to I want to put some water on that. Yeah, no, I think it's very different. But you think I I, yeah. I, I also think it's very different. But I just want to say this because it's a rookie wide receiver that for four straight weeks has come on and scored twenty or four, twenty or more fantasy points. Right? Yep. There's a big difference to me though because when I look at this and I I did some numbers. I'm sorry, Mike Clay, but I looked at some numbers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And when I look at him, Amon Ross St. Brown over the last six games of last year, he was averaging two point seven fantasy points per reception. Okay, so okay. 2.7. That's league average across the NFL. Okay. Christian Watson is averaging 5.9. Yeah. I mean, 5.9. It was, they had no one healthy. Remember, DeAndre Swift was hurt and Hawkinson was Hawkinson hurt. Was they had no wide it receivers that were, and it was volume. 12 targets a game. This well, is getting lucky. Literally the opposite of what Watson is doing. Four, four catches, four catches, four catches, three catches this week. Yeah, I, it's this uh, This is going to catch up. Progression alert sooner or but later. You know what? I'd rather be the person that continues to get lucky than the person who pulls the plug a week too soon little asterisk just to be mindful since they are in a bye next week it watson did not start to come on until romeo dobbs was out yeah. romeo dobbs is expected back at some point just mentioning mm. that the volume equation might change it i might, might start not. him next week romeo why dobbs? not he's on by he can't i don't care christian okay. watson <laughs> oh wow okay all right okay. all right okay. Put respect on the man's yeah, name right all right that's fair yeah, That's he fair. touched it. I mean, think of it. If I start him next week, he'll still have average if I can do my math yeah. correctly. 1.6 touchdowns per game over a five-week stretch. That's still pretty good, Field. Yeah, That's I might do good. it. Okay. Field, let's talk I about our field. Liz, let's talk about okay. one more Bears wide receiver here before <gasps> we move on. Equinemius St. Brown in a gorgeous, delicious revenge spot. Is that what you want to talk about? That is what about? I want to talk about, I yeah. mean, I don't think Equinemius has any sort of fantasy potential moving forward. It is an interesting story. It was nice when I mentioned Justin Fields getting other pieces involved. Obviously, Darnell Mooney not involved. And so St. Brown, who I still think could use some yoga classes because his reach is not long enough, yeah. uh, had himself an outing. And But, you know, the asterisk, one game does not a trend make. Yeah, no. there were actually a handful of impressive revenge games today, right? I mean, beyond equanimous, Trent Sherfield, who needed just one catch yes. in the Dolphins 49ers game for 75 yards and a touchdown. I think he had like one catch beyond that. But still, there were a couple of those Got today that I thought were worth noting. All right, Daniel, floor is yours. Just brag. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Okay. Dust their shoulders off. I want to say this. Five weeks ago, mm-hmm. five weeks ago, okay. this Lions team was one and six. Mm. Count them we out. are five and seven now. Mm-hmm. Five and seven, and you know why? That's 12. That's that's what you are now. Yeah, that's right. Four, five, and seven. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I know why. Can I guess? It's grit. Oh, I was going to say, but that's also correct. It's because of grit. And I'll tell you what, I think it's a tangible thing. I think, and it comes from Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dan Campbell, I don't care where you're getting it. If you're squeezing out of your third butt cheek and putting it at everyone's smoothies in practice, I don't care where. butt cheeks? Remember he said that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. He said so much stuff. He said a lot of things. But Dan Campbell has has had this team, and it's not just Dan Campbell, the entire leadership. This team has just bought in. They look different. I have watched so many bad Lions teams that just quit on their coaching staff. And here we are. We're in a spot where the Detroit Lions, we don't have to worry about, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't want to win because we're going to play ourselves out of our draft pick. We don't have to worry about that. We have the Rams draft pick, and they suck this year. You know, top so we get to your keep way. on playing. We get to keep like investing in these players and letting these young kids understand what it feels to win in a city that has been devoid of winning for years. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. Yeah, I, so, I, Liz, I'll have to get you in this league next year. But this year, I decided to bang together a couple of my favorite Detroit people in the world. Yeah, so we did. Daniel, obviously a Michigan man. Our buddy Al from Holmes, 
great Michigan man. Holmes is a, is a, it's a brewery. It's in Ann Arbor. Okay. It's the best. But if you haven't been to Holmes, shame on you. You're missing out. It's awesome. Go visit there, buy their beer, support their product. Um, and we have a bunch of people from Holmes uh, that are playing the league and yeah. Al's buddies from home. Yeah. And then Daniel, it's, and it's like being on the group thread. We have a group thread that is very active. Oh, and like it. the first eight weeks of the season, I was like never quite sure how I should interact with them. Like, Hey guys, sorry about the loss. Or do you just not say anything? All of a sudden, the past month has been the most blissful experience. We're all like, I'm a Lions fan. That's right. Um, And we just have so much. People are just like, let's go. They go to the home games. Guys are like fired up. They can see the glory that is taking place right now in Detroit. It's a beautiful thing. And that is going to continue with Amon Ross St. Brown. One of the things about this Lions team, it doesn't feel like even though they may be the farthest thing, like they're just barely able to even say that they're in the playoff chances. He's so good. It doesn't make a difference because this team is going to keep playing 100% every single time. Amon Ross St. Brown is just fantastic. I just want to say that. If you have Amon Ross St. Brown, he's just awesome at football. Well, and his matchup next week is awesome as well. You get a division matchup yeah, against Minnesota. the Vikings. Hello. And Minnesota just yeah. gave up 369 receiving yards to the Jets, by the way. I was really hoping, even in the division as a Bears fan, that the Jets oh, could the Jets knock off the Vikings yeah, for the record. I know. You hate but, to see the Vikings win. Um, the only thing I'll add on this is that, and I think we should take some pride in this podcast and being part of the constituency that going into the season, the anti Amonra argument was, yeah, but no Hawkinson, no Swift. All those guys were gone last year at the end of the season. It's a lot easier to catch a million passes when you're like Will Smith in that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meme where you're the only guy left in the room, right? <gasps> yeah. It's like, where are we going? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of ways you could have. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith, it's like this for a second. You're like, oh, oh boy, no. where's he going? Is he going to go over and yeah. smack Daniel? No, he's not. Okay, good. Daniel did not get smacked. Uh, and Monrod just proved like, sometimes we just need to not overthink it with uh-huh. players in fantasy. Yep. It's not just opportunity. Sometimes it's talent, and Amon yeah. Ross so talented. Talent Speaking is a tiebreaker. And talent in this Lions running back thing. Like, listen, but this is important. Yeah, Ooh. this is important. This has been a tough one because we've been talking about, we've watched DeAndre Swift feel like he's not been 100%, right? Phil, we've talked about this a bunch. It looks like he's Off not the been getting this. this past week, finally. And that was a huge part. We've watched Jamal <clears> Williams <throat> be the guy in this offense. Yeah. And Jamal Williams still got in the end zone. Still Shit, we maybe, love that, man. Maybe the most important thing from fantasy football today. I know there are a bunch of injuries, but non-injury related was the fact that DeAndre Swift played 38 snaps compared to Jamal Williams playing just 23. And if you're like, what's so important about that? Because prior to today, in all the games since DeAndre Swift returned, he'd played 28% of the snaps. He had ceded the job to Jamal Williams. And whether it's because the Lions were just riding the hot hand today or whether it's because of his health, which maybe is the most important factor here for DeAndre Swift, he played a lot. And the result was good. 21.1 fantasy points for DeAndre Swift, who found the end as a runner and had four catches. All of a sudden, DeAndre Swift goes from a player that you're like, wait, can I play DeAndre Swift to... Oh, yeah, that's why I use a top 12 pick on DeAndre Swift. What do we always say the magic number is for running backs in terms of touches? Auto I would play. like, like 12, 15, right? 18. Oh. 18 is always like, oh. I good for me. Sometimes you get 18 the touches, league. though? Yeah. Auto start. Totally. Right? Yeah. You got 18 touches today. Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. to auto start ter- territory. And obviously, we have to tread lightly. We don't know if this is a one-week thing or if this is a going-forward thing, but I certainly think that... If we if we forecast this for next week, it's clear that DeAndre Swift will go back to being the higher ranked of these two running yes. backs. All right. Shout out to Christian Kirk yes. on the other side of that game, because even though the Lions got the dub, Christian Kirk came through for fantasy managers here and came through for you, Liz Loza. He did. I, I took him his prop, which I believe was 60 and a half receiving yards. I took the over on that and he definitely yeah. 
manage that. Six of eight for 104 yards. Here's the thing about Christian Kirk. His usage is going to be a little bit suspect because the Jags are a little bit suspect, mm-hmm. right? Like Trevor Lawrence is kind of sus, but because he's sus, he needs a safety valve. And Christian Kirk has emerged as that option last week. Didn't really have the yardage, but he is always the go-to guy in the short to interme- intermediate passing game. And that particularly on a day where Trevor Lawrence did not do well, where his leg got folded up like an accordion, he still locked in on Kirk and made him the guy. Volume wins, talent wins, matchups win. That worked out nicely for Kirk this week. Yep. And it was a tough game for Travis Etienne. The, they, the Jaguars just getting blown out. And so they were in pass first. Yeah. Who? Travis Etienne. Uh, the, who did they lose to is what I was asking. Uh, the Detroit Lions. Okay, I got it. I just yeah. forgot. I, I blacked out. That was a nice gift. That was yeah. a nice gift. Detroit yeah. Lions have been really good against running backs the last it's five everybody. weeks. Like they, everybody. It yeah. has been unreal. Their They've secondary is the only problem. It's a carousel but, of different but they're DBs. They're, you're going to notice some numbers this week. They're going to be brought to light here on the good old podcast. G-R-I-T. You want to talk about uh, a couple things here on the back end about, uh, about Deshaun Watson's return to the football field in a second, Daniel? Let's do it. Okay, but before we do that, college football season has heated up, as you know. The playoffs are upon us, and Dr. Pepper and the residents of Fansville invite you to revel in another one-of-a-kind year, flexing your foam finger, homing your, humming your school's fight song in your sleep, and thriving on a steady diet of buffalo chicken dip and post-game commentary, all washed down with a rich, delicious Dr. Pepper, of course, Another Saturday is always around the corners. So make sure your tailgate doesn't turn into a fillgate and pick up a case of ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. It's the best time of year. It's football season. We're in full swing here. Basketball and hockey have returned and literally nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Nothing. Make up for lost time. Go out and enjoy a game. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase with code FFF. That's code FFF. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid seats. Life happens live. Just, uh, I just got a text from Dan Campbell saying that uh, Grid Aid is their drink of choice. Oh, did we talk about a grit? Isn't that a grit? No, that was a. What okay, was that called? Mike Clay. A Come on. Okay, Mike Clay. You have the Mike Stump jokes, but I get an <laughs> okay, old Mike. lord. Are you okay, kidding Mike me? Clay. No, 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 no. We're not trying to enable Mike's dumb jokes any more than they have enabled you. Feel. Okay. No. What was that bone that Stefani was? Grenade or Grenoid? Grenoid. Yeah, gr- oh. gr- Grenoid or something Grenoid. like that. We learned yeah. all kinds of weird stuff weird on stuff. fantasy football now today from Stefania. All right, Phil, let's talk about this Browns-Titans game because this is the week. Browns-Texans. but yep. Sorry, Browns-Texans. Yeah, I know. Deshaun Watson finally back under center and on the football field. Yeah, so this one, uh, obviously coming into the game, we didn't know uh, how Deshaun Watson would look. Because he had not played in 700 days in an NFL regular season game. I think it would have been reasonable to expect, though, that he would look like a guy that for his career has averaged 22.1 fantasy points per game, or maybe at least close to it. Instead, we got an extremely, extremely poor performance from the entire Browns offense. Deshaun Watson was 12 for 22, 131 yards with a pick. He did have seven rushing attempts for 21 yards, but he managed just 5.3 fantasy points. The Browns' offense accounted for zero scores today. Their defense, though, had uh, and special teams had three scores. Oh, my god! So the Browns win this game handily, but because their defense had a punt return for a touchdown, interception return for a touchdown, a fumble return for a touchdown, and a safety. So um, here's, I think, the, the question mark with Deshaun Watson. And it's way too soon to know after one game. But... This is what I imagine some people are wondering right now. Is this just a sloppy performance after being out for 700 days, 
not really getting in a rhythm because they played so much of the game on defense. They didn't even have that many offensive plays. It's just the first game back. Or, and I think this or option is fairly unlikely, but I'm bringing it to light because I think people maybe have this same thought. Is this Russell Wilson where a team makes a big bet on a quarterback and then immediately that quarterback takes a big step backwards because everything about last season, not everything, but at least two years ago, and for parts of last season, you were like, yeah, Russell Wilson's still an elite quarterback. He went to Denver and they forgot how to play offense. Dude, So I I don't know. if I don't know if either one of you has a strong take based off what we saw today from Deshaun Watson, but certainly not exactly at a performance uh, that if you started him, you you were rewarded for. No, well, first of all, I have to congratulate Daniel because you, I think, were one of the few analysts who were like, whoa, 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 guys. He is like being ranked top six, top seven. You're like 703 days is a lot of time. There can be some rust no matter how good of a player he was before this situation. Um, so congratulations in a weird way. Um, I don't find it. I don't find the Russell Wilson comp situation exactly the same because there's certainly some issues that Nathaniel Hackett has brought to light. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are different. I just more so the idea that like a quarterback quickly, that there's a savior took a downward turn as opposed to, and Again, Deshaun's 27 or something. Like, it would be very, very, very unlikely for a quarterback to all of a sudden get really bad at the age of 27 out of nowhere. I, just, I mean, we did see him run seven times for 21 yeah, yards, right? Useful. So there's yeah. th- that's the skill set we are accustomed to. The matchup is at Cincinnati next mm-hmm. week, though, and that gives me all the icky feels. Yeah. That feels yeah. like it's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a very, very hostile environment in yeah. Cincinnati. Um, again, I, I think it's extremely unlikely that Deshaun Watson has regressed majorly as a player. I'm trying to sort of put myself in the brain of where I think some people are going to go. Absolutely. Um, Can I ask you a question about this? Dude, go for it. Because yeah. like one of the things that it, it feels like to me is understanding it's been so many days, right? We come back and we see this offense. I think it just seems so plausible. Like you don't do something for two straight years. How much practice time has he had? Like just as a, I mean, he's been on the practice field for a few weeks now. So for a few weeks yeah. in a, in a new offense with a new head coach and a new, like I know he's had time to learn all of these things, but it's not like he's had time to just perfect his chemistry with these guys. So this is a big part of it where I think it, it definitely goes back and forth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the other factor here is that and we don't know, and I'm not, I'm not, I am not delivering sympathy here for him at all. Um, but who knows how much the fact that he was returning to a place, the city where he was accused by more than 20, uh, 24 women of sexual misconduct and served a 11-game suspension and got fined $5 million as a result of and faced booze on every single snap. How much did that impact Sean Watson today? Was Seems it a factor? Like- I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't care, but I wonder how much it does. But I'm telling you right now, if you thought today was bad for booze, Check out next week yep. because Cincy is My going point. to be rocking and the Bengals are 8-4 and four playing great football. They have the longest winning streak in the AFC right now and those fans will be less than welcoming to Deshaun Watson next Sunday. Yep, we will continue to talk about the Browns around Deshaun Watson and where you can rank them heading into this week. Uh, but let's talk about Damian Pierce here, Liz, because Damian Pierce... 21 touches in this game. Oh, wait, this is a field talk. Sorry, 21 touches. Field. Yeah, no, just uh, a reminder that like, and and Mike, I give Mike Clay a ton of credit for this. You know, he was talking about these past couple of weeks. He was like, big on. He was like, th- he played the worst matchups you could possibly have as yeah. far as running backs go. Today, a much better matchup. 
Although the Texans' offense was generous to the Browns' defense in allowing them to score points, the Texans' defense played pretty well and able to keep this game relatively close for a portion of it. It actually was a Texans' lead early in the game, so the game script was fine for Damian Pierce. Um, the only part that has me a bit concerned is that we're all sitting here like, yeah, we told you it's fine for Damian Pierce. And he got 12.5 fantasy Yeah, that part is not great. Right, so it's like clearly, and Liz and I discussed this actually in the war room, is that for a while there, there was a stretch where it was like, is RB5 too low for Damian mm-hmm. Pierce in our weekly mm-hmm. rankings? Now it's like, is RB15 too high? Like he's netted out somewhere around like RB15 to 20 for me. Yeah. 95 I, yards today, total. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty 18 good. 18 carries. Yep. There's your number. Yeah. Plus three catches. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The matchup did matter here. Cleveland very leaky against runs between the tackles. And that's obviously where Damian Pierce does most of his work. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the commanders. Let's do it. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Terry McLaurin freaking gets in the end zone here. He's looked great. Over 100 rushing or 100 receiving yards in three of his last six. And he's getting a ton of volume here too. Last seven games. 8.7 targets per game, yeah, he's good. which is fantastic. I don't know what you're, we're not saying anything other than keep starting Terry McLaurin as you have been because Terry McLaurin's just awesome at football and he needs to be in he's your He's so fun to lineup. watch. That's it. I mean, Period. there was a time earlier this year where we were sitting here lamenting the fact that he wasn't getting enough volume because the other wide receivers in that offense and they were playing a lot, but and Carson 12 targets Wentz was completely yeah. inaccurate. Totally but, different. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> just Terry McLaurin. Awesome football Unlocked. player. Yep. Good at the game. Love everything about him. Love everything he stands for. Love the leader he is. Uh, might be my favorite player in the NFL. I've said that a couple of times. He might be there. He, he's certainly in the conversation. Brian Robinson looked fantastic this week, too. Just a ton of volume, I guess you could say, from him. 21 carries for 96 yards, two catches for 15 yards. So gets over 100 yards total, 13.1 fantasy points. Yeah, that's the tricky one, right? We've is talked because about 23 this. points. To go back, we talked about with just now with 23 with touches, Pierce, but only 13 23 points. 23 points. Awesome. 23 touches. I'm sorry. 23 fantasy, uh, thir- 23 opportunities and 13.1 points. He remains largely touchdown dependent. Yep. yep. Uh, he did have two catches today for 15 yards, but still, when you talk about those running backs that are set it and forget it, you, you get disappointed when they have like four catches in a game. Right. Antonio Gibson came into this game a little bit banged up. Uh, Curtis Samuel did see, I believe, six rushing attempts, and he was a little bit, I'm sorry, three rushing attempts, um, and he caught six balls more involved than he has been previously, and you have to imagine that some of that had to do with Gibson's injury. The commanders are on bye next week, so we'll have to see come week 15 what shakes out. But I think we know what Brian Robinson's role on this offense is. He's a little bit more game script dependent than maybe we would like him to be. Yep. Uh, and more touchdown dependent, but we know what we're dealing with at least, and so that'll help us make good decisions moving forward. They also play the Giants out of their bye. That's they've yeah, got they- a weird schedule, right? To finish this out with the NFC East, it's going to be a tough one. Without JD McKissick, they'll feel that. And I know that we've talked about this. It's just it, it's going to be hard not to have Brian Robinson ahead of of or uh, Antonio Gibson ahead of Brian Robinson every single week because of the passing game work that you can get from Antonio I'd Gibson. Li- I'd like to see maybe Kyle can dig this out for Tuesday. Since J.D. McKissick went out and since Brian Robinson's role kind of grew, how many weeks he's finished ahead of Antonio Gibson and vice versa? Mm. I think Brian Robinson has more opportunities and Antonio Gibson has been more efficient with his opportunities. He has, but I wonder if it's like, you know, if it's, I think it's six games now. How many has Gibson factored in ahead of, of Brian Robinson and vice versa? Because <clears throat> I think it might be 3-3. Three, three. And the point is that people agonize over ranking these players and like, it's definitely this guy. We lean towards Gibson on this show 
but it's still pretty close. It's not like we're talking about a Nick Chubb versus Kareem Hunt situation where it's clear which running back deserves to be ranked higher than the other. Normally, we would just ask Kyle now, but after the win over the Bears, he is eating just, all the cereal I just, bought him. Thank so you much, very much. What what you buy? He likes Raisin Bran or Life. You know, I if I want to bet that involves cereal, I'd probably get something a little bit more exotic, like yeah. give me some Lucky Charms. That's what I was going to say. Cinnamon I want the marshmallows. Yeah. Yes. Cinnamon Toast something Crunch is a great will, one. Yeah, let's oh. go to the dentist right after this and get a cavity. I don't care. Since Kyle's not here, can I give you a quick nug on the backfield split? In Love nugs. We're here. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Would, which of these two running backs would you imagine has more goal line carries? Brian Robinson. I would think Robinson for sure. Right? Heading yeah. into this game, Robinson had three and Antonio Gibson had five on the season. That is right. a spicy nug. Okay. That, that is yeah. spicy. Yeah, I like spicy nugs. Spicy nugs. Yeah, who doesn't like spicy nugs? I'm into nuggets, <laughs> y'all. Uh, do you do, nuggets, what's your sauce real fast? Anything super hot. Ooh, You're a hot, super hot, hot sauce, yeah. I'm, I'm like a, no, I like the sh- sugar. Mild. Give me sweet and sour sauce. Sweet and sour? Um, I'm equal opportunity. I like all sauces. <laughs> You're just saucy. I'm sauce. That's what it is. That's what it is. Honey mustard, hot sauce, medium sauce, sweet and sour sauce. Do you do the, do you, do you mix the ketchup in the mayo so that it has that little oh, mixture gross. of sauce? Isn't oh. that what? Uh, what do you mean gross? Isn't that, a, like, isn't, that, isn't that Russian dressing? Isn't that what they call oh, it? Thousand Island. Totally right. I think it's called Thousand, Thousand Island. Island. Okay. Might be both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Marie Sharp's Marie Sharp's Belizean hot sauce is the best hot sauce that you can buy. All right. And I'm going to first. Shout out Marie Sharp's. Have you, did you get that in Belize? Did you go to Belize and get that? I did. Nice. I've never been, but it sounds like a cool place. It yeah. is. It's great. Yeah. Wow. You'll have to ask Stefania about what Belize is like. Maybe that's where she is now. Where that might be right. where she's at. You're totally right. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's Must talk about nice. a few more remaining players here. I don't even know how to talk about Drake London, but we're going to try and do this. Liz. Drake London uh, scored fantasy points this week. Are, are we finally at a point where maybe without Kyle Pitts and the rest of this offense that you're saying, boy, maybe he's worth a dart throw? Maybe. He is matchup dependent. Now, I really thought he was going to show up in the red zone because the thing he can be counted on is to emerge as a red zone weapon. He had 11 red zone targets, which he's was the wide receiver 12 heading into this game. He did not come down with the touchdown, but he did manage six catches for 95 yards. Now, here is the thing you need to dissect. 12 targets. Why? Because Marcus Mariota's arm is not something I particularly want to bet on. But Drake London's talent, particularly in contested situations, does seem to correct that. So the maybe is that if the Falcons are facing a team like the Steelers that are much more aggressive at defending the run than they are the pass... London is not going to be as nice of an option because obviously the Falcons want to run the ball. But if there is an opportunity to feed a receiver who is talented and game script and matchup projects that that will happen, then I think London is your guy. At least we don't have to talk about this Olamide Zacchaeus situation no. again, right? Like we don't have to mess around with No, that the only situation we need to talk about here is Desmond Ritter taking over for or, Marcus Mariota. Or spicy. Superflex savior. Somebody else this offseason. Anybody. Right? And let's talk dynasty for a second. If you have Drake London, if you have Kyle Pitts, patience, young grasshopper. Yes. That's what I need from you right now. Don't sell. Don't be spooked. Especially on Kyle Pitts because it was such a bad year for him before he got hurt for such great expectations. Don't be spooked. Just be patient. Patient. Better days are ahead. And maybe if they can either get a veteran quarterback or they can get one of these quarterbacks in the draft. I'm not entirely sure how to size up this draft class as of yet, but we'll find that out later. Just patience. You know, you can uh, listen to the first draft podcast come January with wait for Field, first draft. Mel and Todd. And for you. That. Yeah. Well, we'll do some wait, fun things on it. That? Well, that's a great oh, question. You can join the party. It's so fun. All right. Let's Mel and Todd. 
We just left. Dude, we they're great. We just, love- you just, you just turn them on and let them just, they just go. Yeah. It's Instant true. offense is what they are. Like a microwave. Uh, sort of like the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure which one's Devonta Smith, which one's AJ Brown. I'm not sure it matters because they're both stinking good at football. Yeah. And so, they complement each other so well. Hey, hey uh, Liz, we were trying to figure out this, this name, this category recently on the show. So basically there are players that it's like, we're not talking about Mike Williams, who's got a larger sample size and is so up or so down that it's just like you live with it no matter what. But it's like these guys who are good enough that they probably belong in your lineups every single week. They might have the unexplained dud every once in a while, mm-hmm. but you're just like, I don't know. Like, how am I supposed to know when the Devontae Smith good week is going to happen versus the Devontae Smith bad week is? We couldn't quite think of that term, but today was a good Devontae Smith, right? There was no reason for me to, I mean, Tennessee's a good matchup, no doubt, right? But there have been other good matchups where he has not feasted. And you're just kind of like, I don't know, maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll not be good. And he was good today. He has been more involved since Dallas Goddard has been sidelined. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. nine targets in back-to-back games yep. heading into this week. So the volume has been there. And, you know, I said on FF Now, like we knew A.J. Brown was going to have a revenge game. Everybody was focused on that. But Devonta Smith is seeing more and more opportunities. And... Five catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Devonta Smith is that dude. Yeah, it was really great to be able to see him and A.J. Brown be involved in the same game because yeah. a lot of, like, this whole season, it sort of felt like it's one or the other here. So, yeah. the Eagles are just so stinking good at football, think man. Goddard is expected back until maybe week 15. So, I think we've got, you know, next week they play the Giants. So, I think we have another opportunity here to to lean into yep. some more predictable volume for Smith. Maybe a couple opportunities. No offense after the Giants, but... Oh, I know, I know, I know. All right. The Bears. All right. The Bears! Let's talk about <sighs> Jamar Chase here real quick, Phil, because yes, I just... got a report, basically. Yeah, I just... It's his first game back, yep. first time that we're seeing him, and I thought he looked fantastic. There's nothing that caught my eye. I can't wait to hear from Stefania on Tuesday, but he looked great. Uh, if you had told me he wasn't injured before this game, yeah. I would have had no idea. He yep. led the team in catches, targets, and receiving yards. Seven catches, eight targets, 97 yards... Didn't find the end zone, but every once in a while, he does not because he is a mortal. Oh, 16.7 fantasy points. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't find the end zone. Only 16.7 yeah, yeah, fantasy yeah. points. So uh, if you had any concerns whatsoever about how he would look in his return, those were quickly put to bed as he had 16.7 fantasy points. You love that. And again, with six more teams on a bye, that means 26, including this week, have already had their bye since he has already had there. So for the next five weeks, you get Jamar Chase and what is a massive schedule stretch for the Bengals. They're eight and four now, but they go Browns with the Sean Watson at the Bucks, at the Patriots, home to Buffalo, home to Baltimore. What a way for Cincinnati to finish. I cannot believe that they beat the Chiefs here. And how lucky They're is so Tyler good. Boyd? that they, oh they won this game because yeah. that dropped touchdown that he had in his hands. Oh, I know. I'd be sick to my stomach. Yeah, I would be as well, but they got a great gritty win. They have now beaten the Chiefs three straight times going back to last season. All right, let's talk about Rams running backs, which obviously means we're talking about Kyron Williams, <laughs> right, right so guys? Kyron now. Williams Listen. is who we're talking about. Listen, hold on, hold on now. All you mouth breathers out there on Twitter. Whoa! Oh, I love being hold on. here. No, 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 no. All you people out there that were yelling at me on Twitter, and telling me you are way too high on Cam Akers. You had no business ranking him as a top 20 running back coming into the season. How you like me now, yeah, baby? that's right. Week 13, Cam Akers finally looked good. <laughs> so I'm taking that as a victory, all right? 19 fantasy points for my guy Cam Akers. I mean, that's basically Barry Sanders, right? Like, who knows? For the rest of the season, he might be the best running back in fantasy. It's, like, extremely unlikely, and it's been a massively disappointing season. But for a second, I'm going to pretend... Like some of those mean tweets 
weren't actually deserved because they were deserved. He's been terrible all year. How many and people? And when it finally seemed like it was a turning of the tides, it's going to be the Kyrie Williams show. Dude. Instead, Cam Akers has 17 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns and plays 46 snaps to 17 for Kyron Williams. Sean McVay and Cam Akers are the Ross and Rachel of the NFL. This yes. on again, off again. I do not think he is. I do not think Cam Akers is Sean McVay's lobster, but this on again, off again is legit. I just don't understand and it. No one gets it, Daniel. I, I, Nobody gets it. Not even Sean McVay. I don't think Sean so. McVay probably was like, all right, let's put Kyron in. And then like Cam Akers ran in the field and he was like, all right, that works too. No all problem. Right. right? I don't, I feel like, is there anybody in this no, offense? There, there's only one explanation for this. Tell me. You guys know the explanation right now. Sean McVay was definitely playing against Kyron Williams in fantasy. In fantasy, oh, that's what it was. Like he opened course, up his app and he was like, "All right, I, I, I got, I listen, I got Shanahan this week, and Shanahan's <laughs> kind of a wagon, but Shanahan's got a lot of Panthers, a lot of Cardinals on yeah, his roster. Yeah. He's got James Conner and Deontay Foreman, <laughs> and he's got two running backs on a bye that normally play. Oh, he's got Kyron Williams on the bench. Dang it! Right, fine, I'll play Kyron enough to keep the the integrity of the game alive, but not too much." That's the only explanation. This this Rams team is gross. The only thing I can say about it is, thank you, thank you, You're thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Uh, well, tell me more about that, Daniel. Because hypothetically, if your team had the Rams pick, how would you feel about it? Oh, I would feel probably ecstatic. I think. Okay. I think that I would probably feel like it might be one of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life. Oh yeah. I would think that maybe I might name my first good. child. Stafford. Rams draft pick. <laughs> Rams draft pick. Rams draft picked up. No matter who. Yeah. No matter who it is. It's just yeah, Rams draft picked up. Yeah. Um, I hope that they end up, I don't think he's uh, anywhere close to uh, being a top five pick, but there was that guy who got the NIL deal, the Nebraska player whose name was DeColdest. Yes. Yeah. Would you name your kid DeColdest if that's what they took? Uh, probably. DeColdest Dop. Yeah. I think I would oh, be all right with D. that. DeColdest damn Dop. Yeah. Okay. Double D's. It would just fall right in line with what I am. Yeah, you know that's I mean? right. The coldest. Yeah. So I'm technically a triple D. No big deal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm probably my favorite show. He's All right. Checking in here really quickly with the Sunday night football exclusive. Liz Loza. We just watched the Indianapolis Colts just get demolished by the Dallas Cowboys. I just want to start really quickly with the Colts. I don't think we need to have a huge conversation here. Jonathan Taylor got 24 touches. Listen, every week you're going to take 24 touches from Jonathan Taylor. It was just a rough outing against this Dallas Cowboys defense. Do you have any takeaways from the Colts? I mean, when the score is 54 to 19 and Jonathan Taylor is still seeing 21 carries, that is pretty, I mean, regardless of game script, he's still getting that kind of volume. Like that bodes well. He also drew four targets, caught three balls. So a 24 touch effort, you'll take it. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on, I mean, like I know the tight end position has been really, really fluky and there's Mo Alley Cox kind of, and Jelani Woods had a big week last week. He was banged up this week, but Kyle Granson, you know, was second in team targets with six looks. He converted four of those only 19 yards, but I do think, there might be something there. I don't, I think it's more of a DFS play if you're going to mess with it at value versus a redraft play. Not that I'm going to like step into your DFS pool, but I just want to <laughs> point it out yes, for please. anyone who likes to stream at the position. And, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. only caught two balls, but we know he's super talented and we knew this was going to be a tough matchup, particularly with Trayvon Diggs uh, on him. Although it should be mentioned that Cowboys had some 
injuries in their uh, secondary. Anthony Brown was carted off, uh, I think, midpoint. I don't know. I lost track of time because the score was so out of whack so early. Yeah, it really was. And let's just, I mean, outside of Jonathan Taylor getting a ton of volume, this offense just looked really tough against this awesome, like you said, Cowboys defense. Let's talk about the Cowboys because they had four players score over 18 fantasy points. And, and that didn't even include Dak Prescott, their quarterback, yeah. who didn't even need to, in spite of having three passing touchdowns, just barely needed to do anything else because this defense and this running game was so freaking dominant, Liz. I mean, we did not. We talked about revenge games, Equinemius St. Brown, obviously being one of the under radar ones earlier in the show, but Malik Hooker had himself a revenge oh, game. <laughs> Yeah, he looked fantastic being able to I should I just want to know how many points did the Dallas Cowboys defense score? That's a good question. They had uh, 19 fantasy points it looks like here. Wow. With a touchdown, three interceptions, two fumble recoveries, three sacks and 19 points allowed. So 19 points from the Cowboys defense against the Indianapolis Colts offense at home is more points than Patrick Mahomes scored. Or is the same number of points as same number of scores. Yeah. Uh, more about, points than Justin Herbert. More than Josh their own Allen. quarterback in, yeah. in Dak Prescott. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This offense, honestly, when if they are going to be able to be firing on all cylinders, and obviously this was just a total blowout, so it's not going to be like this every week. But Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, they're not going anywhere. Like they're, They've been doing this. Now, week in and week out, they're going to continue to rely on these guys on the ground game. CeeDee Lamb looked amazing. Again, five for 71 and a touchdown on seven targets. Michael Gallup looked fantastic. I think that the more that Dak continues just to get comfortable and find his spots while fitting in with this run game and this defense, shoot. This, this Cowboys team is going to give the Eagles a run for their money in the NFC. I 100% agree with you. Dak Prescott, by the way, three touchdowns on 30 pass attempts. So one for every 10 he scored. Michael Gallup finally found the end zone for the first time since I don't know when twice this week. A little bit fluky. He did see seven looks. So I'm not ready to go all in on Michael Gallup, uh, particularly because I just don't know if there's ever going to be enough volume. But it worked out well for him this week. Uh, CD Lamb also saw seven targets. He found the end zone once, but 71 yards and five balls. Next week, the Dallas Cowboys uh, will host the Houston Texans. Now, you me- mentioned oh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You know where I'm going here. Like, oh, the yeah. complaint has been Tony Pollard is so much more electric and elusive, and we would love to see him have a more featured role, but we know Zeke is going to be involved. Now, Zeke did out carry Pollard by five. And they both found the end zone, though Pollard found it twice. You have to imagine in a matchup against the Texans, the positive silver lining here is that is that there will once event once again be enough opportunities for both of these backs to eat. Yeah, I I see 20 touches for Zeke. I see 14 for Tony Pollard. And, and a when pair I pair of touchdowns, one for each of them, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, a pair of touchdowns for Tony Pollard and uh, Zeke also got in the end zone. But knowing the way that the Texans run defense is just so bad right now. If if you tell me that Zeke is going to have 20 touches and Tony Pollard's going to have 15, I'll probably keep taking Tony Pollard because of that big play ability that he has. Yeah. And his 
his work in the passing game. I like, I don't, I don't know. It's so hard for me to watch Tony Pollard run the football and feel like Ezekiel Elliott is the better play at running back this week. I just don't well, usually think that. But Pollard drew the same number of targets as Zeke did in this game and only recorded one more receiving yard than Zeke did. And so Zeke is still, even though the margin was smaller this week, which is what fantasy managers have been trying to speak into existence, it was still, you know, Zeke still saw the lion's share of the opportunities. And again, like that that's going to be the way it is. Tony Pollard is more elusive. He has like more juice to his game. Like we all know that. But I think the benefit, again, next in next week's matchup is that they can both perform. So we don't have to be so frustrated about which one of these guys. We're going to have them rank, let's be honest, like Daniel, we're going to have them both rank like what, five, three, four, five, six, maybe spots apart. Yeah, they'll be very close to each other yeah. because of the amount of work that they're going to get exactly. and the way that the team utilizes their running back. So anything else you want to talk about with the Cowboys before we wrap this up? And we can both go to bed because now that you are here on the East Coast, you understand the plight that we have every week. <laughs> I do. I mean, I think the only thing I'd want to mention is that sometimes people in the community are kind of downgrading Dak because we know that this offense is very balanced. And that means a lot of running opportunities and not necessarily a ton of passing volume, right? Like Dak threw the ball 30 times. That's an average number of times. And he only passed for 170 yards, but he scored three touchdowns. And so I just want people to be mindful that Dak doesn't need to rip off 300 yards to find the end zone three times because of the weapons at his avail. Yeah. This. This offense is very explosive. This defense is dominant. Oh, yep. And they are like like we were talking about between them and the Eagles. Just from the NFC side on these two teams, we're going to have some really fun playoff matchups down the stretch. All right, Liz, that's going to do it for us here today. You are still here in Connecticut, which means we will not see you tomorrow on the Tuesday show, but we will see you on Wednesday. So that'll be super fun to have you in studio. For everybody else listening, we will have me, Field, Mike Clay, and Stefania Bell. That's right, four of us on the show tomorrow. We will welcome in our friend Eric Moody really quickly to talk about some waiver wire as well. So please, for everybody on the show this week, don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. You're a good human. Don't, don't, uh, don't forget to tell yourself that every once in a while. Okay, and with that, we love you guys. We will see you on Tuesday. Bye. It's no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. 
One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.